Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. To us and he's given us the name of his son, Jesus. Nicole preached about that last week. So we're going to continue with part two uh, with what's in a name. Uh, what's in a name? A great deal. It can work for you or it can work against you. This is one of my favourite memes from way back when memes started. He looked like a winner until they started to chant his name. Kim, you suck. Kim, you suck. Kim, you suck. Now, I thought that was a bit mean. I looked it up, actually. Kim, you suck's done pretty well out of that meme, so I don't think he's going to mind us um, using that. But... You know, names are at the core of, of who we are, and names are at the core of our very being. We know it's one of the first things we ask when we meet other people, or the first thing we ask when we introduce ourselves or we're moving into any situation. Well, why is that? Because our names, other people's names, it's about recognition, yeah. it's about connection, it's about relationship, it's about identity. Yeah. And once you get to that level of someone's name, then it becomes very, very personal for you. Mm, yeah. um, I worked in a, a, a re medical research lab when, when I was a student, and one of my jobs was to look after the animal house where all the rats were, the experimental rats. We had to look after them, feed them and clean them. And there was one rule, never name the rats. Because <laughs> once you named them, things became personal. Yeah. And we knew where they were heading, to the research lab in the sky. Um, and there was only one rat that never made it there. That was the one rat we named. Uh, Brutus was the, uh, was the rat. Brutus was a three kilogram rat. Yeah, most rats are about 800 grams. Brutus was three kilograms. What, what saved him from the great research lab in the sky? We named him. Once we named him, he, got, he had an identity. He became someone who was personal to us. We had that connection, we had that recognition. So names are really important. Once you give your name out, you are making yourself vulnerable to a certain extent. Mm. You're making yourself uh, available and you're forming that personal mm. relationship. Nicole spoke last week about names. I just want to quote from what she said because I think it's good for us to, to remember this little phase we're in at the moment that we value and we uh, esteem the name of God. So last week, Nicole said, what a powerful name we have in Jesus Christ. Mm, yeah. It's a name that is above every name, and God has given it to us, our Father. This is Nicole from last week. To pray a prayer in Jesus' name is to recognise that we're coming in the righteousness of Christ, and we're not coming in our own. Mm. We don't deserve to be heard by God, but Jesus does. Yeah. And when we come in His name, the name of Jesus will make a way for us. In many instances, names embody character, intent, and purpose. Now, over the years, I've taught students who are called rebel. <laughs> Guess what? They were rebellious. Mm. I've taught some students who was racket. One student, guess what? He was a racket. So you've got to be careful. Names embody, some of them are very, names embody character, intent, and purpose. If we look at the name Jesus Christ, what does Jesus mean? It means salvation. When the angel came to, to um, Joseph and said, name him Jesus because he's going to save people from their sins, save us from our sins. Paul writes, 
There's no other name by which man can be saved. His name is Jesus. So good. He's Christ. He's the anointed one. Yeah. He's the one who will come to minister to our every need. Yeah. Healing, wholeness, truth, fulfillment, eternal life. Great. So if we want to know who Jesus is, look to his name, mm. Jesus Christ. Mm. He is the one who saves us and who ministers to our every need. That's who he is. It's good to study the names of God because what do we do? We learn about God's nature. Mm. We learn about his character. And in one sense, as you go through the Bible, God is progressively revealing who he is, who his names are. And he's mm. progressively revealing his character through those names. So on the screen, I just did a little thing. There's some names of God. It's not an exhaustive list. It's a list. And if you want to, on the way out, a little freebie. Who likes the freebie? Ooh, yeah. Five free copies. Yep, I can't put one of these. You can put it on your fridge. So you'll have to put a little magnet. I didn't laminate them this time around. Okay. Um, the names of God, that one there. And also, uh, and he shall be called the names of Jesus. Oh, awesome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. That's exciting. Let's have a look at some of them. Who is God? His name will tell us who he is. And we, when we meditate and when we pause and when we open our hearts up uh, to receive the name of God, then revelation comes. Who he is and what his character. He is El Shaddai. He is the God who is all-sufficient, the God who is almighty. He is the God who is more than enough. El Shaddai, he has absolute power over all things, sin, sickness, demons, Satan. Wow, that's amazing. He's Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. Awesome. What peace? God tells you he is peace. That's right. Jehovah Rapha, he heals. El Elyon, he is the God who is most high. Jehovah Shammah, he is God who is there. Whatever situation, circumstance, challenge, wherever you are, on top of the mountain, at the bottom of the ocean, God is there. That's who he is. Who's God? He's the God. He is the one who is there. Who's God? He's the one who heals. Who's God? He's the one who gives you peace. Who is peace? How do we know that? His name tells us. And if you look at that, there's so many names. Why are there so many names? Because God is everything to everybody at all times. No matter where you are or what you're going through, God is your provision. It's not that he has everything you need. <laughs> he is everything oh, very good. you need. So good. Tells us in his name. A really good prayer strategy is this. It's better than a bubble bath with candles. If you're feeling anxious and you're not quite sure where you, you know what you're standing on or you know, <laughs> this is a really good strategy. To take those names of God and to take some quiet time and to just meditate upon them. Jehovah Shalom, God. God, you are peace. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are peace. You just rest on that name. And God is, God is faithful. God says you worship in spirit and in truth. Well, there's truth. God is peace. When you take time to meditate upon that and to value that and to esteem that 
and invite the Holy Spirit to quicken that to you, then that becomes something that is uh, will bring you wholeness and will restore you, and will refresh you, and will make you strong. So meditating upon the names of God uh, is, is a really wonderful and effective and fruitful thing you can do in your prayer life. Yeah. If you're finding prayer difficult, grab this little sheet here and just start with one. Take five minutes, three minutes, and just recite that name and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it and to establish it in you. He is everything you need. His name tells you that. Why? That's why it's such a good exercise to go into his name. Now, there's a name which we don't give much attention to, and it's a really special name, and it's, it seems ordinary, but if we accept that name and we personalise it, then it's a really big step that we can take um, in our walk with God. It's a personal name, it's an intimate name, and it's the name that only you really know the meaning of. It's a challenging name. If you start down the track of trying to, um, to embrace this name, it will challenge you, and you'll probably need to go to, into a wrestle with God. So let's have a look at what that is. So let's read from Genesis chapter 32. And this is a, uh, a familiar story. It's weird. There's some <laughs> things in the Bible which are a bit strange. Yes, indeed. And you have to wrestle with. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, sometimes if, you, if you're, you're struggling, you've got to remember, God's thoughts are above our thoughts. Great. His ways yes. are above our ways. So sometimes if you're, if you're challenged with a piece of scripture or Bible, that's what it's supposed to be. You need to ask God and the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. I love this quote from Proverbs. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the honour of kings to search a matter yeah, out. Very good. God gives us that honour as a king to look into the Bible and go, what does this mean, God? Reveal it to me and we chew down upon it. So this is one of those unusual ones. So that night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons and crossed the ford of Jabok. If you read chapters coming before it, uh, Jacob is coming back. He did the wrong thing by his brother Esau. He's gone away for many years. Now he's coming back with his family. He's a bit worried about what Esau's, how Esau's going to respond. Mm. So he's coming up and this is the night before he crosses over to meet Esau. So after he sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. And so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Spoiler alert, the man is God. Mm. This is where it starts to get a bit strange. <laughs> Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, when God saw he couldn't overpower Jacob, there's something a bit unusual. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched, and as he wrestled with as he wrestled with the man, then the man said, "Let me go, for it's daybreak." That's God. Let me go, Jacob. And Jacob said, "I will not let you go, unless you bless me." Uh, where are we? Sorry. Oh, there we are. Then the man asked him, "What is your name?" God asked Jacob, "What's your name?" I'm sure he knew Jacob's name, <laughs> but Jacob, he said. Then the man said, "Your name." will no longer be Jacob. This is God speaking. You are not going to be Jacob anymore. You are going to be called Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and you have overcome. 
Jacob means supplanter. Jacob means usurper. Jacob did the wrong thing by his brother Esau by stealing his birthright. But God recasts him and says, no, 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 you're going to be, this is your name. What's in a name? It's character, it's destiny, it's purpose. Great. You are going to be called Israel because you are going to wrestle with God. You are going to struggle with God. You're going to struggle with humans, but you will overcome. Our life can be a struggle. Our life can be a wrestle. But here's a promise from God. You will overcome. So Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? And he doesn't get the name of God. And then God blessed him dead. So that's good. He gets his blessing. He was wrestling with God all night to get a blessing. And God says, and here you are. You can have your blessing. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. And then the next chapter, it gets interesting. Uh, Genesis 33, verse, 30, 12, verse 8, 18 to 19, sorry. So after Jacob came from Padam Aram, he arrived safely at the city of Sheshem, this is sometime later, in Canaan, and he camped within sight of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver, he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Sheshem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. And there he set up an altar. So an altar is where you will sacrifice to honour God, to acknowledge God, to bless God. So he set up an altar and he called it El Elohi Israel. What does that mean? It means God, the God of Israel. Almighty is the God of Israel. That's very interesting. There's a new name that God's never had before. He is the God of Israel. Who are you, God? I'm the God of Israel. Who gave you that name? Israel, or Jacob <laughs> gave me that name. So Jacob wrestles God. And it's not the sort of wrestle that, not a wrestle like this. I'm one of those, that's, <laughs> one of those of you who know it's Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. It's this sort of wrestling. Okay. There we go there. Why am I showing you that? Because it's, it's closeness, it's intimacy. If you're wrestling with God over whatever it is, that's maybe not that bad a thing because it means you're in close, intimate contact with him. If you're wrestling, sometimes we wrestle principalities and powers, sometimes we wrestle ourselves, and sometimes we wrestle God. And sometimes it's a bit hard to distinguish between wrestling ourselves or, or wrestling God. You know, we feel we should give, but I don't want to give, so I've got to wrestle. I've got to forgive someone. I don't want to forgive someone, but I know I'm supposed to. So we go into a wrestle. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. We're in a wrestling situation with God. It's about closeness. It's about contact. So Jacob asks for God's name. He doesn't get that answer. But very soon, he builds an altar and he dedicates it to the God of Israel. Now, usually if I say the God of Israel, we automatically think the nation of Israel, the millions of people that were brought out of Egypt from slavery. And that's true. So when God says to him, uh, you know, you're going to be called Israel, there's a prophetic edge on that, that there's going to be a great nation that is going to come from you, and it's going to be my favoured nation. But at this point in time, there is no Israel. I'm not sure Jacob knew, you know, that this was going to be something that was going to be a, a big nation. It's a long way off. So for Jacob to call the God of Israel, that's the same as saying, you are the God of me. 
You are the God of Israel. You are the God of me. And it's not the first time we get something like that in the Bible, where God wants to join his name to the name of a person or his name to our name. Because in Genesis 28, when God met Jacob in a dream, he comes to him and he says, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. He identifies himself by joining his name to our name, or he joins our name to his name. If we ever question God's commitment to us, we can look at this. When Moses was sent off to, to talk to Pharaoh, uh, to talk to the Israelites, and he said, well, who am I going to say is sending me? He gives him two names, but one of those names is, says, go and tell them the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob are send, is sending you. So one of God's names is one that honours us and demonstrates his commitment to us. He joins our name to his name. So who are Abraham and Isaac? Who are Jacob? What does all this mean? What can we pull out of this? Well, those guys were called the patriarchs. They were the fathers of the nation of Israel. And they carried two things. They carried the promise of God. They carried the covenant of God that through them, there would be a large nation. They would have many sons and daughters. And then through them, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. So who is the God of Abraham? Who is the God of Isaac? Who is the God of Jacob? He's the God who has promised that there will be uh, success, there will be blessing, there will be fruitfulness. They are carrying the promise of God. Who is God? He's faithful. He's promised, so he will fulfill that promise. He's made a covenant that he will not let go. He will not leave you on your own. We sang Emmanuel, God is with us. Jehovah Shammah, God is there, he is with you. So when we, when we follow the, the pattern, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob is also the God of me. I don't think God, well, I know God doesn't play favourites. And if he's assigned himself to Abraham and assigned himself to Isaac and then to Jacob, he assigns himself to me as well. There's a special name that perhaps we think is ordinary, but is really powerful for us. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And I want that God. Why do I want the God of Abraham? Because I can see that he promises and he's faithful. And even though Abraham and Isaac and Jacob failed time and again, he remained faithful and true to his promise. That's the God that I want for me. And I commit my life and he will become, yes, Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Nissi. He is El Shaddai. And he is also the God of Abraham. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Jacob. And he's the God of Stephen. He's not the God of somebody else. He's the God of me. And once we cross over into that space and start thinking about it, oh, the God of Stephen parted the Red Sea. The God of Stephen delivered the Israelites. The God of Stephen, and so on it goes. It becomes personal. It becomes our identity. It becomes our sureness. So those patriarchs, they carried the promise of God that they would be wonderful blessings. But they also went through struggles, and they went through striving, and they went through wrestles, wrestling with God and wrestling with situations and challenges and, and the people around them. Who is God? He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He's the God of me. 
It's the God of you. Put your name there. God of Stephen. And he's the God of the promise, but he's also the God of the struggle. And he's the God of the wrestle. And he will see you through that. And we see that in the nation of Israel. Before that nation was formed, there was struggle and there was failure and there was pain. They ended up, Jacob and his sons ended up going to, into, down to Egypt because there was a famine and there was pestilence and that, a real struggle. But then they got there, Joseph had been sent before, and all of a sudden they came into this wonderful time of prosperity. And then they got put into slavery. That's no good. Then they were brought to freedom. Well, that's good. Then they were um, pummeled and they were harassed by the nations around them. Well, that's no good. But then they came into the promised land. That's good. Then when they were in them, and so on it goes. That's what life is in this yeah, fallen world. That's right. But the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of uh, uh, Abraham, he's faithful to his promise. And when there's a struggle and when there's a wrestle, he is there with you. We inherit that, that, that person. We inherit that God from those patriarchs. God will fulfill his promise in us. And when there is a struggle and a wrestle, he will see us through so that we become the triumphant uh, testimony to God's blessing and God's spirit upon us. He's chosen your name to be a part of his name. He's the God of your very existence. He's the God of your life, the God of your past, the God of your heart. He knows you fully. And the extent to which we can access that in our day-to-day -day walk is the extent to which we have made him the God of our lives. The God of Stephen, just like he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, he's the God of Stephen. So beyond calling him God, we want to give him a name just like Jacob did. We want to make an altar just like Jacob did. We want to put ourselves on that altar just like Jacob did. So he becomes the God of Stephen, the God of who we are. He's very personal. When he sent Moses off to, to talk to Pharaoh, Moses said, well, who will I say is sending me? And he says, well, tell them the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is sending you. Then he gives him another name. He says, tell them I am sent you. There's another name of God that we can meditate and pray upon. I am. Not quite sure what that means, God. What does it mean? But you are I am. We sit there and we're just in that place where we're speaking the word of God. God, you are, I am, Holy Spirit, quicken it to me. What is the truth in that name? And we spend time meditating. And this isn't my revelation, but I read it during the week and I thought that's pretty good, so I'm going to share it with you. When we speak of ourselves, we must say God's name first. Because our existence and purpose flows from him. When we speak of ourselves, we must say God's name first because our existence and our purpose flows from him. Who am I? I am, in the name of God, Stephen. We don't necessarily appreciate that, do we? But every time we say our name, we must say God's name first because it's in him, it's in God, that we live and we move and we have our being. God wants to join his name to our name. He wants his life joined to our life. He wants his identity joined to our identity. 
And that's really good. But it comes with some responsibility <laughs> as well. Yeah. Because if he's the God of Stephen, am I being a good reflection of who he is? Yeah. Does someone look at me and go, I like him? Oh, why is he like that? Uh, is, 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 he, the God of Stephen must be something really good. Or the God of Stephen must be cool because he's very good. Didn't say that as much as, I, as well as I would like to. <laughs> but am I acting ethically? Am I a complainer? Am I a gossiper? Am I a slanderer? Am I a cheat? That's not pointing people in the direction of who my God is. Yeah. I want myself to be a good witness of who my God is. And if he's healer, and if he's wisdom, and if he's righteousness, and he is goodness, and he is peace, that tells me who I am. If I am a reflection of who my God is, then I am all of those things. We want to be a blessing. We want to be true to who God has purposed us to be. Those people who, through us, the Spirit of God will overflow out of our belly, will flow rivers of living water to bring refreshing and to bring wholeness, to bring replenishing and to bring peace. Yeah. That's a sobering thought. Mm. That his reputation is dependent on our action and on who we are. But he gives us the solution and he points us in the right direction. Who are the people? who are the good reflection of who God is, who are the people through whom which the blessing can flow, the people who know their God, the people who know who God is. They know his name, they receive his name, and all that comes with it. People who know their God, who know the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and because they know his exploits, and they know his works, and they know his character, and they've seen him move with mercy and tolerance and faithfulness in the lives of those three, then they make their God their own God. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob becomes my God and I join my life to his life. And God's promise is once I do that, then we become, I become a minister of the spirit that brings life. So how do I do that? How do we do it? like Jacob did. We build an altar and we commit ourselves to that, to live a life of sacrifice on the altar, a life of worship, a life of praise. We put the word central to who we are and how we think and how we act. We love others. We see them the way that God sees them. We put Jesus at the centre, Bible, prayer, community, our prayer circles. And we make a declaration, in a minute we're going to do it again in our hearts, that our God, he is the Lord, and he is the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he's the Lord of Stephen. I'm making it personal. I'm making it my identity. I'm making it my future, making him my future. He is the God of Stephen. He has me in hand. He guides me, he lifts me, he promises, he's faithful to those promises. He's with me in the struggles, he will see me overcome. So let's close our eyes and let's do that.
And my dad, if you got some nice music you can play. Thank you, Lord. So let's take this moment and let's sit. Back then, but don't worry about it. We'll just do it, do it in silence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And just let the Holy Spirit speak to you now. If you are to say, God, you are the God of, just put your name there. Only you know what that means. But here this afternoon, you can declare it with intent. You can declare it with purpose. We declare it in faith. And let me just read from Isaiah 43. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. For I have summoned you by name. I know you, and you are mine. So when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Because I know you by name, and you are mine. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Because I know you by name, and you are mine. For I am the Lord, your God. I am the Holy One of Israel, and I am your Saviour. For I know you by name, and you are mine. And I am the Lord, your God. Lord, be it done unto us according to your word. We receive that truth planted in our spirit and in our heart, in our very soul, this afternoon. That you know us by name, that we are yours, that you are our saviour, that you are our father, that you are our God. So in our hearts here this afternoon, we make that declaration anew and we speak it over our lives. You are the God of Abraham. You are the God of Isaac. You are the God of Jacob. And here this afternoon, again, we declare anew, you are the God of me. Pray, Holy Spirit, you would plant that truth within us. We look forward with expectation that you are faithful and true to your word. Father, we look forward to fruitfulness. We look forward to knowing you more. We look forward to knowing your will for our lives more. Lead us, we pray, Holy Spirit, into all truth. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. 
we encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.